0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Blackboard Podcast with Cardless and Randall. Randall, how are you? Fabulous. And also, SUU on patrol. Can't forget that one. We got him. Of course not. That. We're like Two-Faced. Like,
1: That's never good for a bra because Two-Face wasn't exactly that great in the Batman cartoons.
0: So. No, he wasn't. But you know, deep down inside, he was good until life happened. <laughs> Let's or hope that like kind that. of life does not
1: happen <laughs> to me. Acid on the face, dead family. You yeah, know, that would yeah. be good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, ah, oh, man, Batman movies, they need to bring one of those back. I have
2: a coin, just like that.
0: Oh, and nice. then uh, today, Helps today we're going nice. to talk about photography. And today, and since, you know, I am a novice, I took a photography class here. I can't remember my professor's name, he's no longer here, but I love the class. You
1: were so bad, you chased off the professor. I did, I did. Class. He was
0: just like, you know what, I can't do this anymore, I cannot, this, is this was painful. the last straw. <laughs> And he left and I was, you know, I was left with my camera in hand and dust on the roadway and he took off. I don't know. But we do have Asher Swan with Swan Photography.
2: Asher Swan Photo Now. Oh. I just recently rebranded in the, like last two months. Oh,
0: wow. Well, he's not, not Two-Face. He's just improving. Yes. yes.
2: We are Two-Face because improving is
1: probably not in it for yeah,
0: us. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. <laughs>
1: Know <laughs> <laughs> lots of antonyms yeah. on that one.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Asher, welcome to our show, man. Thanks, man. Thanks and for having me. Photography is, I think it's, uh, I don't want to say underrated, but it's just uh, it is an art. It is. It, it is an art, and not very many people can can really they can do a good job, but to truly get a good solid picture, something that that just is going to be a lifetime. You know, when people have those pictures of grandparents great mm-hmm. grandparents mm-hmm. it's just i i don't want to say iconic but it's almost like hey this is iconic to me like a family member a self-portrait whatever it may be it makes you uh, feel something yeah exactly right? it makes you feel something and and i think uh, there's very few people that can do that
2: yeah photography has been said is the closest thing we can get to reality without actually being there it's it's the true depiction of that moment at that time. And depending on the photographer at the hand who knows their technical skills, you know, everybody can learn the exposure triangle and the technical skills, but to think about the lighting and the composition to really tell that story, you know, in the right way, in the right moment, you know, photographers are visual storytellers. You know, if you ask a photographer if they can tell you the same story they just took with a the picture, they probably wouldn't be able to do it verbally. But if you give them some time, they can take a picture of a landscape and tell a story that's truly compelling that they probably won't be able to tell with their words. And that's what I like about photography is I'm a visual storyteller. And just being able to take a moment and capture it in the right lighting and the right composition, you know, so that way people keep looking at the image. Science shows that you can make a decision on whether you like an image or not in like 0.5 of, a, of half a second, you know and so as a photographer my job is to try and keep you looking at the image so you're asking questions you're thinking about it possibly have a relatable moment to it and everything like that so yeah photography is definitely an art form but like you say it's not necessarily underrated because we all value it you know we're all walking around with our cell phones we're all taking pictures but I think the majesty of it and uh, the art of it is kind of lost because it's so easy nowadays there was a time where photography was a very high-end thing you only had you know certain people could only go and take photographs and publish them and put them out there but now you know to see somebody without a cell phone taking pictures it would just be kind of almost weird now you know
0: yeah that was very well put
1: that was that was actually kind of my question in that regard is that you know as a lawyer, I can't watch law shows it drives me bonkers because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that is not how that happens. Do you struggle with that at all when you're looking at social media or even just like here's CNN and here's someone's cell phone recording or a photo and you just go, oh, that was painful?
2: Um, Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> It's, it's because I go back to the ease of it, how easy it is for people to just to pick it up and start doing it without thinking about, you know, the right lighting or what story they're even trying to tell. And they just want the clicks and they want the, you know, the fame of it. And being somebody who's been doing it since I was four years old and creating pictures in a dark room at 10, It's it's... Dang it's kind of something that i look at and i i don't necessarily judge and be like oh my gosh that's horrible but i definitely go mm, that could have been done so much better <laughs> he's nicer than me i judge away <laughs> <laughs> you're like
0: yeah that was crappy i didn't like that um, no, i mean that's
1: because that's one of those things that i look at we you know i coach a soccer team and mm-hmm. let's get take a picture and all i'm thinking is like i really wish i had a photographer here to tell me which way to even have the kid's face mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know so we took some just over the weekend and the way the sun was shadowed three of the kids' faces and I'm like oh that was great
2: if you're just doing midday kind of pictures try and put the light behind them because I would rather overexpose the background than have everybody squinting and looking into the sun
1: but it makes us older people feel better when even the kids have crow's feet I mean just saying you know true true
2: (laughs) you're aging son exactly
1: (laughs) I think that's the thing for mine is is that you know there is an art form but there's a science to it as well that oh, you yeah. guys actually, it's not just a go take pictures. And I liked one of a hundred of them and you just take enough. You get a good one. I mean, that's what I do to be yeah, honest. My yeah. kids are like, why'd you take 16 pictures? Cause I'm hoping one is okay. We
2: call that pray and spray. Yes. pray and spray. You just take as many pictures as you want and you can cause it's digital now and it's easy. Um, I was at the football game this weekend and there was a photographer on the field. And uh, he was probably a good five ten feet away from me. And all I heard was <laughs> yep. click, 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 click and just you could just tell he was just shooting just to try and get everything he could possibly get, you know, and and what we call that is praying spray because, you know, you're going to get a shot you're gonna get something. But as you become more evolved photographer and you're looking for certain things, you'll find that that ratio of, you know, one to 10 images turns out to be good, And you wanna kinda of get down to one to three. One of three of the images is pretty dope. If you can get that one that's perfect, then, you know, that's a win. But,
1: yeah. Gotta save a lot of time later as you're going through. Oh, man. Editing, and delete, delete,
2: delete, delete. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's probably 60% of the job is, you know, you're out there in the moment taking the pictures, but then a lot a lot of people realize we spend a lot of our time on the computer going back through the images and picking out the ones that you actually see, you know, and and that's a huge part of the process. I was a photojournalist for seven years, and I think that's where I honed my ability to go through 2,000 images in a matter of 30 minutes and then get the photos to the editor in the next 30. Ouch, I think
1: I'd go cross-eyed. You know,
2: <laughs> yeah. and it's just you just learn what you want and you know what they're going to want and you just kind of start keeping your eye out for them when you actually take them so when you get through those images and you start scanning through you remember like oh I remember that moment yeah you know but if somebody was to watch me go through uh, an event photographer or a football game and all how fast I do it they'd just be like how are you even able to see the image (laughs) but it goes back to that you know we can decide whether we like an image or not in half a second so it's like If you have a fast enough computer that can process everything you're doing, you'll buzz through them really quick. Have you ever had one of those where that half second was
1: great and then you send it in or look at it later and go, oh, I missed a problem?
2: Yeah, there's been a few moments where like my photo editor for the newspaper, the image was great, but there was somebody in the background (laughs) doing something silly. Opening their mouth, that never cl- blinking that's- their eyes, huh. do, you know, doing something silly and the editor would be like, oh, I love this image, but do you have another one that's just like it without that person doing that in the background? <laughs> that's why we take two or three. <laughs> you know, one of those three is going to be good. <laughs> you just hope they're not throwing food in their mouth. That, yeah. Just that wrong moment. Yeah.
0: Dang. So... Do you now when you say about a bad image, do you do photographers use uh, like Photoshop or kind of help it get better? Or is it just one of those like I took the picture. This is I already set all the settings to where they need to be. Mm -hmm. And that is it. Um,
2: Sometimes we'll use Photoshop to take something out of the background. I tend not to do that. I try and get the picture in camera as much as possible. It's just kind of my thing that I learned as doing it for as long as I have you know you just think about the science of it making sure you get as much as the image and technically as good but there are some times where you want to take something out of the background and you know to make it a little better I've done that for a few of my photos for the newspaper Um, but as far as you know using Photoshop a lot for me I tried not to you know Uh, Mm -hmm. um, Lightroom is my main go-to when I do my editing, and because it's so robust nowadays, you can do probably 80 to 90% of the stuff beyond removing things. It's a little more finite on Photoshop to be able to do that. Nice. As as bad images, um, you know, a bad image for me usually tends to be about the shutter speed. Sometimes I'll push the shutter speed a little too much, and it'll be too slow because I'm trying to get in more light without sacrificing my ISO. You know, you don't want to push your ISO too much because then you get noisy, so you'll sacrifice somewhere else and oftentimes it's the shutter speed. So a bad image for me is just probably blurry fingertips or somebody moved a little too fast. You gotcha.
0: Know. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's kind of go back and start a little bit from the beginning. Um, and I think you mentioned it a little bit, but just kind of your life around photography. Um, <coughs> well, you know, we'll, we'll hit a couple of, of points. but. Tell us tell us about you Asher like what what drove you to to photography and because obviously everybody that does a job has mm-hmm. to have some kind of love for it like for right. me I love my job Randall loves his job depends mm-hmm. on the day <laughs> Most and, days. and me as well <laughs> um, but yeah just you know because I think in order for to be really good at something you have to have a passion
2: yeah so Let's go back to 1983. All going
0: way back. <laughs> um, it was Christmas,
2: and my dad had gotten all of our Christmas presents, and happened to stop by a Toys R Us, getting the other things for my brother. And he saw—you um, guys can probably relate to it—the Play School camera, the orange and white one with the yellow oh, flash yellow on top. Oh man! I right? remember it being jealous. I never <laughs> got one. Yep, I had one. And so my dad got that for me, and then gave it to me for Christmas, not knowing. That I wasn't I wasn't into photography at any point in time. You know, it was just you know random present. But that camera, that toy camera, at four years old, was very intrinsic to where I'm at now. Because when I got it for Christmas, I remember spending like uh, the next year or two walking around with it. And the thing that is the thread. You know, you talk about passion and the connection. Is as a kid, what's the one thing you look for from adults? Approval approval, attention, right, you're looking for positive reinforcement, positive attention, I could be in the moment of taking my camera and you and your wife or my mom and my dad and my brother and my sister would be super deep in a conversation but they would stop and they'd smile. So think about having a camera and you're getting that positive reinforcement by just pointing your camera at somebody, right, and here I am, you know, doing it for as long as I have and I can still point my camera and still get smiles from people. And so it's still a positive reinforcer for me to be able to engage with people and get that positivity out of them, no matter what the situation usually is, right? And so through that thread of getting that and doing that, I've always had a camera. Um, My first point-and-shoot camera was, like I said, when I was eight, my grandma gave it to me. Um, And then we lived in a neighborhood that um, there was an old man down the street who had been a photographer all his life and he had a darkroom in his basement. And so I saw him out one time bringing some equipment in and I was like, oh, you're a photographer. I was super stoked. But he was kind of grumpy, you know? <laughs> Wasn't too much of a fan of some kid walking <laughs> up on him. And I explained to him, like, I want to be a photographer. Here's my little point and shoot camera. You know, how do I do it? And started asking me questions He's like, you want to learn? So like, yeah, that'd be great. And he took me down to his dark room. And the first time I saw that dark room with the red glow, it was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, <laughs> you know? And so he taught me basically he spent some time it was one of those movie kind of moments where you see the old man and the kid you know teaching him you know you see the little montage <laughs> the whole scene and so once i learned how to do that all of my allowance and all my film development just i just hung out in that basement until we moved away from the neighborhood around 13 but that learning how to do that understanding the science of it and and just it, Spending the time in that dark room and seeing that red glow and all that really set it in in place because For someone who's never taken a picture and done the dark room thing to Think you've gotten the picture and you only got 24 frames And then you take it in there and you put it in the, uh, the chemicals you start shaking it with your tongs And all of a sudden that picture comes out and it's exactly what you wanted it to be. There's just like a weird I wouldn't even say weird. There's like a, a very intrinsic excitement because you know you got it right without even being able to see it right and so th- from there I kind of just grew up and I was on the yearbook committee for three years in high school and then after I graduated high school um, I just basically had a camera and I was out on adventures going taking pictures I was always going on hikes but oftentimes I would go alone because none of my friends would like to go on four-hour hikes for a half-mile hike <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole purpose for the pictures you know I would stop every 10 feet and want to take pictures and be like, dude, we're just trying to get to the location, (laughs) you know? And so a lot of my years in my 20s, you know, was out just taking pictures and just learning the craft. Um, I remember one point in time, I decided to make a grid of every single setting on my camera that I could. So I set up a scene and I took the picture at the darkest exposure and then I continued to change it incrementally right? Until I had, and you know, I've developed all the film and I had this grid on the floor of my, me and my brother's bedroom and I had to move his bed and move mine to make <laughs> it big enough. He didn't need space. <laughs> he didn't yeah. need space that <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Literally flipped them up on the wall and just totally rearranged the room to do this. But by doing that, I was able to see the exposures and the difference between the different settings and understand like the fundamental science of where those settings need to be to get the right exposure. That's amazing. Thank. So passion, yes, and as I've gotten older, some of that stuff becomes so second nature. Now I don't really think about the settings, I think about the lighting. I think about the story I'm trying to tell, I think about the context, the how people are gonna perceive it, you know, and if it's gonna be relatable, if it's not, if there's a person in it, if there's not a person, because adding a person to the picture is really telling and really interesting because if you take a landscape picture, right, and there's nobody in the picture, you're often imagining yourself there, right? You're kind of placing yourself in a certain area, but you take that same picture and you put a hiker on there. What's odd is you're looking at the hiker, but you're really looking at yourself because you're, you're actually in the picture because there's a human there and a the human's relatable, so you're placing yourself in that image rather than imagining yourself being there. So having a person in the picture totally changes the element for us because all of a sudden we're placing ourselves there as compared to imagining ourselves there.
1: Then you had the complication of the human, though. They may not want to stand exactly the way you want them. The lighting makes it a little harder.
2: Yes, yes. Um, there was a National Geographic photographer called Sam Abel, and one of his, my favorite quotes was him of his was, um, "Set your scene and just wait, because life is always moving around you. You just have to wait for it to happen at the right time." And so, oftentimes, when I'm walking around campus, you know. I'll wander around a lot, but be sometimes I'll just sit for like 15-20 minutes and just wait for the right person to come by, the right lighting, at the right composition, and then that's my moment, you know. We, we tend to have the ease of this photography and we just want to shoot and shoot and shoot, but sometimes if you can take like that 1 to 10 ratio and narrow it down to 1 to 3, you're telling a better story, right, because you actually thought about it a little more, a little more depth and the purpose behind the image. You know.
0: Dang. Well, you got to let me know when you have that perfect landscape, that time frame. That way, I can walk by. I mean, <laughs> you want to be the a perfect a person. Though, well, so yeah, might, I might ignored miss that, that, on <laughs> that one. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be in uniform or not? <laughs> well, I think I'm in uniform more often than not. So yeah, I did
2: see out. you the other night at a uniform. That was oh, that's true. That was very yeah. really true at the gala. At the masquerade which, gala, yeah. Time. Which,
0: by the way, that was a pretty good. Uh, that could be a, a pretty good event. event. Yeah, it was pretty good. And like
2: the layout the decorations i was like you guys spent some time to set this up
0: yeah and you know thank you everybody for donating now that we mentioned yeah. that yeah now with canyon creek service and actually thank you for job. being there
2: yeah your picture came out great with your family
0: i'll wait i'll wait for the where can i get those
2: i'm going to send them over to trish this afternoon awesome yeah how
1: much uh, photo editing did you want him to do for
0: you there? Oh, he did quite a bit. He looks
2: like <laughs> he looks
0: like Thor now. Yes,
1: <laughs> The best day ever. By the way, watching Thor the with my life. wife, and then fat Thor shows up. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, yes.
0: that's yes. the guy you have a crush on. Look yes. at him now. Look at him now. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, thank you to all the donors on that one. Once again, Ash, thank you for for being there and mm-hmm. and everything that you said when you take those pictures now it's like yeah they're going to remember that because they were like hey I was there at that event and they're going to look they're going to look good it's going they're going to you know be good pictures yeah
2: that's kind of my job making sure that the moments are captured and people remember them cuz you know it's it's funny how quickly it happens but then you look back 10 years later you know and you're like oh wow that's that's great one of my big selling tips when I shot weddings was um we, we get down to that pricing point, you know? we start talking about price, and, and I would go, okay, think about it like this. You guys are gonna get married in 20 years. Are you gonna go pull out that cake out of the freezer and get all nostalgic about it? Are you gonna go to that wedding dress that may or may not fit, no, no offense, but, you know, oftentimes it doesn't and gets passed down to the daughter? Or are you gonna want an amazing photo album of, of your happiest moment that you could ever be in your life, right? And they would be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Because those pictures, they last forever as long as you hold on to them. And especially if they're in a photo album, I mean, you can always grab it from the shelf and go back to those moments. And those little, an image can change the dynamic of everything, and now you have 50 of them in an album. Your aunt, your uncle, your, your grandma and grandpa that passed away but managed to make it to the wedding for you. You know, yeah. and so those are very, very important moments that could get lost if you don't take the time to take them and get the right photographer to get that moment.
0: I completely agree on that. I And I think, you know, and I think people nowadays, it's almost like when you have too much of one product and when you try a product for the first time, you're like, man, that was the best thing. And, th- and then they keep looking for it. But then there's other people that make some knockoff products, mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. like great value, nothing against great value. Cause that's, yeah, I'm a male man. So,
1: oh, you man. know, it just is, is alt-o-mail. what it is. Yeah. Stuff. And, Creamy but cream.
0: sometimes people just say, Oh, that looks like a good picture. But now it's so, it's so uh, filled with all these, people that really you know some are better than others that take pictures but to get the real when they see a really 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 good picture i guess they're kind of used to just like oh well that looks pretty good that looks better than that one i'll stick with this person mm-hmm. and that's where you come in because you can you have like you're like the original product and then everybody's trying to mimic kind of what you did and uh, i completely agree it's just sometimes we take that for granted and that's kind of like a afterthought, like oh yeah, the camera person. I really want to get some good pictures. Then, then last minute they hire somebody. They yeah, it's kind of like you get what you pay for type of thing.
2: Right. You know. Um, I just had a thought that went away as soon as you said that because it made so much sense. Thank um, you. has a tendency to make people's brain shut down. Yeah. It's interesting.
0: That's because they <laughs> look. They're like, what is this dude trying to say? <laughs> <Man>. <laughs>
1: No, I mean, it's huge. And, and not only that, I mean, at least in our case, there was a couple of those wedding photos we wanted large on the wall. Yeah. And if, I, if one of my cousins had taken the picture, it wasn't going to look so good zoomed in yeah. and, you know, that yeah. big on the wall. I mean, it's scary enough with my face on the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that I'm 20 <laughs> years older, I'm amazed how good I looked back then, because in comparison.
0: <laughs> but You're yeah. Like, why did I complain back then? Yeah, why did I complain <laughs> back then?
1: There's a different level of ugly now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I mean, that's one of the biggest things I saw is that we tried to take some pictures of our own, you know, not Mm -hmm. necessarily of the actual wedding itself, but just of other things. And as soon as you try and zoom in, you're like, never mind. We'll keep that at a four by six.
2: Yeah. A lot of my experience comes from shooting weddings was when I was a photojournalist and thinking about it from an event standpoint, rather than like, it's a wedding. I'm thinking everything is just an event that I have to cover, you know? And so being in that mind state, you, you, You're looking for (coughs) just different things as a photojournalist looks for, the engagement, the wide establishing shot, the, you know. um, If you're a wedding photographer, there's basically three shots you need to get. You need to get the walk up, you know, and possibly the first look. You need to get the kiss, you know. And then you probably need to get the walk out. But other than that, everything is kind of superfluous. I've been in several situations talking to other wedding photographers that missed that, and the people were just upset. But everything else about the, the gallery was fantastic, you know. And so as a wedding photographer, you kind of have three things you need to focus on, and then everything else just kind of falls into place. Boom. There you go. Carlos's new career. No. It's three shots, man.
0: Yeah, no, no. I, there's Pete, No. I love photography.
1: You don't want to ruin someone's wedding day. <laughs> by no, taking pictures no. That they're great. like,
0: I want my money back. I was like, well, so I, uh, I, I, you're would, not wrong. Yeah. I'll just, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just close my website down, change my number or get a burner phone. And <laughs> burner phones. goes in the witness protection program. That's, right, bad that's photography. right. Witness relocation. Yeah. Well, so how has photography impacted your life? I know you talked a little bit about, you know, uh, the first time you got exposed to photography <clears> in the in the dark room, but as far as then and even now I'm assuming it's you still learn
2: oh yeah i mean I'm always learning I'm always challenging myself and
0: um, then what's your favorite picture so far to date oh two my questions God,
2: favorite picture to date good lord okay first first thing is from then to now now um there was a while back in when I moved to dallas texas i've i've been in I've had my own business for a good 10, 15 years, but it's always been kind of an entrepreneur hit and miss. You know, there'd be some months that would be great and other months that would be like super slow. And when I lived in Dallas, Texas, um, when I graduated here in 2015, I just kind of made a decision like, I just want to do this all the time and figure out some way for someone to pay me to do it. If I can't do it on my own and get, you know, enough infrastructure working, then I just want to get somebody to pay me. So I started looking around things there and then somebody told me, emailed me, um, that they were opening up the university photographer position here and being the student photographer from 2009 to 2015, I thought I worked myself into a job, but they didn't have the budget for it. So I just kind of graduated and just gracefully left and was like, alright, I guess I'll just move on with my life. But then somebody told me they were hiring and that's basically how I ended up back over here and keeping it going. Um, How has photography impacted my life? Um, I think it's more of how I've impacted others' lives and being that impact. You know, uh, I was at a conference one time, and somebody said, you know, having a legacy, you'll always be remembered, right? But having impact on someone's life changes everything and being a photographer that can tell those stories and get those moments i'm having impact on the way they feel the way they're being they're perceived and so i think rather than it be in photography impacting my life i think i i would like to think about how my photography helps impact other people's lives in telling the story from doing a wedding to being the University photographer here and how I'm telling the story of SU over the last decade and how those pictures are going to be used for founders day in the next 20-30 years and kind of just being that visual historian has been Great because I know those those stories are always going to be out there to be told Um, My favorite image Okay, let's just let's just throw some numbers out there. Okay for 2021 I took 56,000 images Dang. for SUU, and I took 52,000 for me and my business. Wow.
0: wow. <laughs> we'll say today. That's all I can say. Is, that's wow. a lot of pictures. So a imagine
2: lot of space. I've been doing this for, you know, almost 30, 38 years. So imagine we're probably in the few millions of pictures.
1: So hard. what you're saying is you don't want to just pick one? <laughs> <laughs> it would be hard. Okay,
2: let's go down to, I guess, some of my favorite images as of late, because there's I could pick an image from every single year. But there's my glass series that I really got into about three or four years back, and it's called Silica, and there's one particular picture that took me a good two hours to do. It's I know we're on a radio, so it's hard to visually imagine this, but... Um, I really got into color theory and how color affects people's emotions, and so this picture is really compelling in the sense that it's just a simple glass, you know, cocktail glass, but it has a nice curve on it, and I used about four or five different lights, and I blended everything together to be a very colorful, impactful image, and I guess because of the technical know-how of that image and how it came out, I guess right now that would probably be one of my favorite images, just because... I love color, and I love the simplicity of it, but I love the complexity of it and how it makes people feel. So, I was
0: trying that's to amazing. picture that. Impressive stuff. Again.
2: If you go to my studio downtown, Asher Swan Photo right next to Artisans, it's hanging on the wall right in the window, so you can see that.
0: Which, that one is located at 98 West Center Street. Yes. Once Perfect. again, 98 yeah. West Center Street. Yep. See, that's that's where got I, run you. My photo I got I got you, Asher.
2: Thank you, sir appreciate
1: that. <laughs> well that's actually I, I what you talked about was interesting to me because, you know, I think there is, photography is probably one of those careers that photographers know great photographers. Yes. The, the rest yes. of us mere mortals <laughs> frequently remember a picture but not the name behind it. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. you you talked about seeing, you know, a relative's old picture kind of thing. I won't know who took that picture. Yeah. And hundred years ago, it probably was a professional photographer because they're the only ones that could afford a camera. Yeah. Um, And so that's interesting. And that's one of the questions that I kind of had is how do you feel in that regard, knowing that your work has an impact, Mm -hmm. but doesn't necessarily carry your name for very long. yeah, I mean, in a newspaper it may say, courtesy of Getty Images. That doesn't right. really help you, doesn't right? doesn't really help me, yeah. Um, but even if it had your name somewhere on there or on the back of the photo, that's not the part anybody gets to see. They're all right. just seeing the front where your name doesn't exist.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, there was a while there where I was highly selfish and wanted the recognition, but as you get older and you become more experienced in your field, especially the marketing world, you learn to let go of that, and you've... I focus more on being the guy who's taking the picture and having the impact in the moment with the people I've taken the picture with. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Cause you know, they're gonna look at the picture later and remember me and that little clean interaction of me. Hey guys, can you stand together for a second so I can take a picture of you? They're gonna see that and remember me personally. Maybe not my name, right? But they'll remember the interaction. 30 seconds that we had exchanged the smile the laughter hey take a look at this picture look at the back of the camera they're going to remember that moment as compared to my physical name and and stuff so um i think i've learned to like let go of that now when it comes to my business obviously i'm trying to get my name out there i want my name to be attached and that's why i've changed my stuff to asher swan photo because um if you look at a lot of these bigger high level photographers they're not known by uh logo, they're not known by a weird funky name, they're usually known by the name Annie Lebowitz, Ansel Adams you know, these major photographers, you're not calling them by their business name you're calling them by their name right, and so that's why I've kind of shifted my mindset to is to Asher Swan Photo, because I, as I develop that, people will remember the name and not so much the fancy logo that's attached to it
0: Completely agree that is just, that. I mean that's That is so cool. I'm just, you know, just trying to absorb everything in. I mean, it's just, to me, I just, I've seen your pictures, I've seen your work. And then now with your pictures and uh, your passion, it's like, man, you just cannot, you can't, sometimes you just can't teach passion. Like somebody can pick up a camera and just, and say, oh, I'm going to make extra money. I'm going to make extra money today doing this. But in reality, uh, they don't take the time to really get to know the client their air their atmosphere their surroundings (coughs) and they just they just do it to just to to get money you're doing it and you have changed completely your mindset you're like now i'm doing it for these people at this moment Mm -hmm. and it's about them not about me
2: the interpersonal connection you know a lot of it you know there's levels of the photography you technical know-how is great um the the composition the lighting and all that stuff but when you're dealing with people you have to have some really good interpersonal communications to build that trust in a matter of seconds. Right? Yeah. Somebody comes into my studio; they've never met me before. They saw my website, they signed up for me. So it's the minute they walk into the studio, I have to have an air of confidence. I have to build that trust. I have to break down that anxiety, anxiety wall that they're going to have in taking their portrait and getting down to who they really are. So when they take that picture and they put it up on their real estate, people are going to be like, "Wow, that—that's a good-looking person," you know. and and getting past that and so there's a lot of interpersonal communication in doing that kind of work that you 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 have to have an ability to portray that you know what you're doing and you have to have that trust right because people have to trust you in order to get past that and so part of my I guess extra skill set is just being kind of jovial and being excited about what I do and the passion behind kind of comes through as I'm interacting with people and so, therefore, that kind of trust is kind of just kind of happens naturally, and I think that's just a part that a lot of people miss in photography. Yes, you can be technically sound, you can know your lighting, you can have the right context, you can have the right composition. But if you're interacting with people, you almost have to think about how to build that trust right away, so you can get the story you're trying to tell. Because if they don't trust you and they and you kind of come off like um ah, uh, let's try uh, yeah. I don't know. and uh, Well, that's going to be perceived by the person you're trying to take a picture of, right? And so interpersonal interpersonal skills are highly, I guess, one of the underrated things when dealing with people as a photographer is you just have to be able to interact with several different people at different times. And when I'm covering events, you know, on campus and walking around and randomly taking pictures of people, you know, I'm often smiling as I'm doing it as compared to the guy that's walking around and doesn't enjoy what he's doing and just kind of, it's like, in his zone. And I've seen several photographers do this out there and they're covering events. They just don't look like they're enjoying it, you know? And that's perceived by people. People see the one guy in a room of 200 people and you're the one guy wandering around with a camera, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be watched. Mm-hmm. You're going to be seen, you know? And you kind of have to have that air of, I'm enjoying this, I'm having a great time, I'm telling them a story, I'm in my zone. And so by doing that and carrying that presence, you naturally get that that positive reinforcement I talked about, right? Being a photographer and, and, and pointing your camera at somebody.
1: Is it, and Maybe this is invading a trade secret here, but, I mean, is that kind of your main trick for people who have fake smiles? Yeah, dad, jokes. <laughs> dad jokes. Yeah, just jack in, because I'm just... Uh, It's always one of those where you're like, I almost rather people take pictures when I don't know what's coming. You know, just catch me in a normal natural smile or a natural laugh and I'm okay with it. But as soon as it's like smile, it's like, okay, what am I doing now? Are my
2: lips in the right place? The, The art of getting somebody to, for me personally, is not so much telling the joke and then getting the first initial laughter. It's almost like a half a second after because they've let out their big smile, but you don't want a big old toothy grin. You want that kind of more (laughs) subdued one. So I'm going kind of almost right after they've done their big laugh, and that's the picture that usually works. That'd have been nice. Yeah, I have a
1: family picture of us growing up. And mm-hmm. they made us laugh too hard, so mm-hmm. two of us had the full open mouth. Yeah. Forget just teeth; it's yeah. like tonsils level yeah. laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. that is our family portrait. Yeah, back in the days when they took like two pictures. Yes, oh, and you just yeah. kind of hoped you didn't find out until two months later that was the picture. And then my parents were like, "Oh, we got to pay money for that." Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Yep. So
0: that brings up a good point. What 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 would you prefer? Like natural habitat, like just catching somebody just casually talking without them knowing you're taking the picture or kind of setting them up for that moment or does it matter or or is it just a matter of just a matter of uh choice and what the circumstance
2: and probably what i'm trying to tell um i love being the fly on the wall i call it swan on the wall you know, it's my little moniker, swan on the wall. Nice. You'd think you'd notice a swan on the wall a little better than you know, a fly, though. But you, you know, know what? The wings. I, I, can, I can see <laughs> little stickers.
0: Man. I can see stickers on walls now. There you go. You know, you yeah. know? that's that could be a thing. That could be a thing.
2: Um, from the candid standpoint, there's nothing better than finding somebody who's completely immersed in the, what they're doing, whether it's walking, whether they're looking at a laptop, or two people having a great conversation and a natural com- that natural candidness of it. But oftentimes in those situations, you may not have the lighting you want, you know? So while I love the swan on the wall effect and the candidness of that, there's oftentimes, I would love to bring an extra light in or do something a little more creative to make that moment just a little more compelling, you know? And so, yeah, I guess if I had to decide and you put me in a corner, I would probably say I love more of the candid stuff because that's the natural state of someone's person and what they're doing and who they are. Oh it's kind of hard to get that once you start bringing in two or three lights and you set them in a scene and have them turn a certain way and then brush their hair back. And it's yeah, not their as, ne- yeah, put their arm there. And <laughs> or
0: suck your, <laughs> I, for me, I'd suck my stomach in. I'd be like,
2: you know. All right, do it, Go take a picture. Carlos, you can breathe now. <sighs> you, can, you can breathe now, right. you know. They have elastics you can just put there and <laughs> pull it in.
0: Yeah, well, I call this my girdle. <laughs> <laughs> That I yeah, best Are you that bringing them back? <laughs> <laughs> so. I,
1: can I ask an odd question? Sure. I, I uh-huh. have my own memory of the first time. Because my sister, she sent me a, a camera. Y'all I was probably 20 at the time. And it was, you know, your point and click kind of one. But it had a lot more settings that I had a clue of what to do mm-hmm. with. And it was great. But it was the old, you know, 24 or 36 <laughs> pictures. And then you yeah. wait a month to see what you got. Yep. Uh, my wife and I got our first digital camera shortly after we got married. Okay. 1.2 megapixels. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Outdoors actually wasn't Big too time. bad, but indoor, you can even out what you took a picture of. Yes. How hard was it you, for you to transition to using digital?
2: <clears throat> Oddly enough, it wasn't that hard because at the time that I was deciding whether or not I was going to stay in film and keep doing that, and then moving to digital, I was doing more photojournalism work. Okay. And the convenience and the ease forced me into basically needing to be fast and process fast. So while I still have old cameras and I have 120 film and I have a camera that I love, is from 1952. Dang. Um, that I have a few rolls of film and every once in a while I'll get nostalgic and go out there and try to you know do what I do. Go old school. Go old school. Um, but it's the digital ease that kind of switched me over in the photojournalism world that made me kind of forced me into switching to more um, digital world. Okay, tell me, there's no better feeling than going into Costco. This at least it was for me, having that film moving away from my, that old man house, so I couldn't develop my own film anymore. So I was relegated to Walgreens and Costco. And my dad would do the weekly Costco trip every two weeks. And as soon as they went in there, I would jet over to the photo department and start fanning through the S's as fast as I could to get my three or four rolls of film, you know? And that's just, it's just, it was the best feeling in the world to Mm. pull out those names. My wife worked
1: in one of those photo shops for a while, so I'm not sure if she'd be so excited
2: about it anymore. (laughs) 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 But yeah, there's no, again, I go back to this, that, that film world, you know, not knowing what you had forced you to be a better photographer. Because you didn't want to waste the film because it got expensive. So much suspense, though. So much to spend. You know? <laughs> I'm waiting and
1: I'm waiting. That one hour photo just wasn't
2: fast enough.
1: One hour photo.
2: Oh, Jeez. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think the photojournalism world switched me to being completely digital. I would get digital pictures on CD. You know, they can, remember how they could burn your pictures to the CD and then you can have them that way. But what really switched me over was being a photojournalist and forcing me to kind of be turn over images every single day in a fast manner and you can't wait for film on that stuff
1: makes sense yeah yeah so i guess lucky in that regard they just happen to be the right time in your life
2: right time right uh-huh. place
0: so on your website swan photography that's going to change it should
2: be now Astra swan photo go to asher
1: we're testing now let's see how fast we can type.
0: It still, let's see. So it still says "Swan Photography." Up oh, there it is. Oh, that's your bio. That's your swanphoto.com. Yeah. There it is. Well, on your other one, the Swan Photography, it shows a picture of a at a of a circus. Or whatever where there's a Ferris wheel: Oh, the Ferris wheel shot yeah yeah that I love those kinds of pictures okay, love them and then that one and the two glass uh, the the two glasses one that's tipped over yeah. the orange background yeah, love those two
2: yeah, that was a great yeah, those are both really cool shots. I love playing with long exposures. when I start getting artsy and I can play with long exposures that's when I really enjoy playing with the lighting and understanding and stuff um but yeah i just just uh, i've never pigeonholed myself into a certain realm of photography a yeah. lot of people ask me you know and that's probably one of the hardest things running a business is when you don't label yourself as a wedding photographer or portrait photographer you're kind of shooting everything people don't really know what to expect you know so it's hard to kind of market yourself the right way um but i enjoy it because when people do ask me can i shoot This I usually say yes because I've probably shot before. Yeah, there's not much out there that I haven't shot as far as a job goes and client work, from industrial work to food photography, working in five-star restaurants, um, shooting NASCAR. um, I mean, it just runs the gamut as far as what I've shot in my history and just have have camera will travel, kind of (laughs) thing. But luckily, hopefully, stayed out of war areas, right? That's the one area I haven't really dealt with, but I would love the opportunity. Oh, yeah,
0: that's yeah, terrifying. of boy, yeah. Asher. of boy. You know, another another war, well, kind of like a war room type of thing. I would love to see, and this is just me personally, I would like to see uh, Randall in action in the courtroom. You just sitting there taking pictures. He, a completely different man. He is. <laughs> oh, yeah. You uh you haven't seen I mean, if you wanna see this guy do some work
2: I would do it. Because it taps into like I say, when you ask me what my favorite thing is, is the candid. I'm getting you in your natural state oh yeah you see discovery terrifying. channel and you see spit flying state. all over i mean he, <laughs>
0: he gets pretty animated it's you pretty take cool. advantage
1: of the double chin it. you know when you shake your head and disgusted something and it just the jowls
2: move it's, it's like old school southern stuff oh, oh man like, like beethoven when he's shaking his face and all the you know the, yeah this, exactly
0: you know. <laughs> that would be cool to see
2: yeah i would love it because, again, it's just that candid, natural state. The war photography would be great. Because, I mean, not only is the story being, that's happening in the moment, but you're getting these compelling shots of these men or women doing their thing, you know, in this very contextual type of element that you can't replicate anyway. There's no way you can set up these soldiers in the dirt with mud flying you know, and say, okay, can we do that again?
0: <laughs> <But I'm laughs> good, like, I get again. a good picture on that one. <laughs> you know,
2: you kind of have to be almost as present as you know they are. That's why I love shooting sports because you never know what's really going to happen. You have to be almost like 100% dialed in to whatever the athlete's doing. You know, to be able to capture the right moment in the right shot, and it's not much time to think about it. You almost have to be omniscient um, in what you're shooting, like football. I'm not focused on anything else than the quarterback because that's who's gonna tell you what's gonna happen. You know, and and kinda of you can tell like if he's gonna do a run play or if he's gonna do a pass play. And if he's doing a pass play, I'm looking for the left or the right to whichever player he's looking to to throw to. So you almost have to be ahead of the ball to catch the catch. Defensive coaches are now gonna start recruiting photographers for training. You know? And there you go.
1: How there to read a quarterback, Asher will show you. Yes I can tell he know,
2: I know. And you shoot enough of the football games, you can hear the plays, you can see him, because I have a big old zoom, zoom lens, and the, you learn some of the plays, and you know whether it's going to be a run or it's going to be a pass. Dang.
0: <laughs> see, that's dedication. That is dedication.
1: The defense is watching the photographer. He's moved his camera. It's Asher's, Asher's calling the play. No,
0: they did that before. This is a jet sweep, <laughs> jet sweep.
2: You probably could work with a lot of photographers in different sports just to get, you know, the review you know i guarantee if there's been a bad play basketball wise or baseball wise i bet you there's a photographer who got it that you can look at that oh, photo yeah. and be like oh he was not on the bag
0: yeah <laughs> talking about <laughs> basketball that's coming out november 10th
2: oh yes <sighs> love shooting is some basketball
0: cool. yeah basketball i love it i try not to work it because you'd I, rather watch it well i want to well watch it and then you know give the rest some comments positive <laughs> feedback <laughs> Mm. Yeah, please don't do them mm. while you're wearing that uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Are you why the reason
2: I, why they run off the court at the end of the game? Because you're going to try and catch them and tell them all that's the things possibility.
0: they did wrong? No, that's not me.
1: I <laughs> hope not. That happens to my kids sometimes. Oh, really? I have a couple kids that ref soccer. And yeah. but a few times where parents came over to tell them what they had done wrong.
0: Oh, oh that's... Yeah, I don't do that. Much. Much. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, well... Asher, we're running out of time. Are we? Dang it, yes.
2: Yeah. How much time do we have? Um, A minute. (laughs) A minute. Oh, a minute? (laughs) Time flies when you're having fun. I know.
0: But, man, it was so good having you here. And for everybody, once again, Asher's location is 98 West West, West Center 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 Street.
2: Right downtown next to Artisan's, the pub, Centro's, just that street right there. I'm right on the corner.
0: Sandwiches I can't afford.
2: They're good, though. They are very good. So good. I'm doing their food photography at the end of the month. let we'll
0: see. So. You got a photographer and an attorney. I, c- I can see that you guys can afford that. Yeah. L- me?
1: Hopefully they give you a discount. You Taco know. Bell. If you're going to tell the story of the food, you have to taste
2: it. Well, that's, that's one of the perks of the job is, true. you know, you get to eat the food that you photograph.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Even Ryan can go eat over there. I have to go to down the road by, what is it? 800 West, 200 North, Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. That's my... The Taco Bell is delic- good too,
2: man. Can't yeah. knock that.
0: Yeah. And I can't believe I just mentioned Taco Bell's name again.
2: again. Yep. Gosh. And they haven't even even paid him yet.
0: I know. He's not a sponsor. You know, we don't see a little (laughs) set of tacos here. (laughs) Dang it.
2: But yeah, if anybody's looking for photography, go to AsherSwanPhoto.com, hashtag AsherSwanPhoto. Um, Yeah, I'd be happy to help you get some pictures taken and help you out. Thank you for having me, guys.
0: No, thank you, Asher. And and once again, uh, for those that want a good picture, something that you're going to remember whether it's a family reunion wedding or just something in general with the family yeah get the real thing get happy to help yeah astra will be more than happy to help you out and and uh once again thanks again for being at the gala yep um uh, i think the picture it was a lot of fun forward. yeah i'm looking forward to that hopefully you didn't get a picture of me in a big old sandwich at the last minute because i was talking That's the, the only I shot I was, just...
2: I was supposed to get yeah so
0: Okay, well thank you guys and we'll see you next time.